BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, how was your weekend? We're going to bring in Buzz here in just a second. But first, if you're pissed off at cable news and the both-siderisms there... Here's an outstanding way to support independent media, specifically this podcast that you're listening to right now. For just five bucks per month, you can support our Patreon page as we guide you through the madness and chaos of our politics. But it's not just about supporting shows like this one. You're also going to get bonus content as a reward for your monthly support. We're talking about exclusive access to our Shadow Docket show recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday podcast. You also get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join the discussion with our community of Patreon members in the comments under each episode. All that for $5 per month, just pennies per show. Don't miss out. That's bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Shit's getting way too complicated for me. The yeah. Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, October 3, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Little Podcast Network. Good day. I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 986 of the Biden-Harris administration, 398 days until the 24th presidential election. Find me on Instagram and threads, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, spoutable Bob Seska, Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. And that guy sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yes. Okay, I'll You said it all. Yelling at people. I, I, I didn't know the show had a dress code. I had no idea. Uh, How are hi. you? Hi, I'm well, thank you. I hope you are, too. Uh, yes. Uh, h- hello, everybody. Uh, he's Bob. I'm Buzz. And, and here's our pledge to you. If today's show starts to go south, one of us will pull the fire alarm. <laughs> hey. Hey, I thought this was impressive. Uh, on Sunday Night Football, the New York Jets were defeated by Taylor Swift. So... <laughs> I only vaguely know what that story is about, but yeah. So do I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and never mind the fossil fuels, I'm starting to worry that the burning of books is causing climate change. <laughs> huh? yeah. Think about that? Yeah. Uh, we, but we're learning so much mm-hmm. uh, as we experience climate change. Yeah. Uh, uh, for example, the New York City floods, you know, we had over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, the New York City floods revealed that rats can do the backstroke. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. Really good. Olympians. Uh, yeah. Uh, the actors are still on strike, but yeah. the writers are back. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Polish TV, TV in Poland, is being criticized for allowing the use of blackface on a competitive singing show. Hmm. That is so insensitive. I mean, if only Polish people knew what it's like to be mocked. <laughs> 
Man. Uh, I see I see Melania Trump has negotiated a new prenup. Mm -hmm. It's it's like a post-nup prenup. Yeah. Um, under the new deal, when they get divorced, she gets everything west of the Rockies and New Orleans every other weekend. <laughs> so they worked that out. Yeah. And uh, last week I saw we saw a video of Trump. Remember, mm -hmm. uh, Trump fondling a gold-plated <laughs> handgun. <laughs> yeah, uh, the gun was reportedly designed with him in mind. Uh, short barrel and fires prematurely. <laughs> All right, here we go with a brand new week. Yeah, kicking off with Rocky Mountain Mike. Yeah. Next on your way to go sing sing. They don't have chicken wings. The big house is calling you. It's worse than Watergate and gate and gate. Hard time for that Trump and friends. This is where your White House ends. It's been a revolving door. No time for your dumb space for. Rocky Mountain Mike, yeah, like Hitting that the one. High notes, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Rocky MNT and Mike on Twitter. Thank you, Rocky Mountain Mike. Okay, here we are, another week. Yes, we are, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. And I think we're all up to our goddamn eyeballs in Donald Trump right now. Just so much Trump, oh, so I much over the last three, four I, days. I, I can't get enough of him, Bob. Uh, <laughs> I know. Goddamn. So today, we've got a little bit of Trump, but we've got a lot of Elon Musk. We're going to talk about that here coming up in a bit. There's a pretty Shocking. pretty big story that came to us from uh, Ben Collins at NBC News regarding Elon Musk and uh, the white nationalist blueprint for Twitter. But before we get into all of that, we got to talk about Trump's pouty day in court up in New York City. Or, yeah, it was New York City, right? They're doing that trial in New York City. Yes, yes, yes okay. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm losing track of all of the different <laughs> criminal we indictments a, and fraud trials and all the rest we of need, it. We need, a, we need a map with push pins in it. Yes, know? yes. Well, uh, so many things happened in court yesterday. He looked sufficiently miserable, and that made me really, really happy probably pooping in his pants, pooping in his big boy diapers. It, it was considered a surprise that he would show up, but it, it's now very obvious and, and much less of a surprise now that, now that we've seen why he went and what it yeah. was all about. At one point, uh, when they were broke for lunch, uh, Trump was uh, walking out of the room, he got leaving, preparing to leave the courtroom, and he turned around. He was one foot from Letitia James. He was 12 inches away from Letitia James when he leaned over and glared. I mean, that was the position he was in when he glared at her. Uh, you know, gave her one of those. And then after he walked away, she was seen laughing. Yeah, of course, that's exactly uh, what yeah, I would do if she, he did that, she, that buzzard she, face of his. And and we should absolutely talk about 
why he was so pouty, why he was so scowly faced, why he glared. Uh, a couple of things going on here. One, yeah. uh, this is a way for him to be on the campaign trail while not on the campaign trail. Yeah, yeah. I had said uh, on the show a year or so ago that uh, Trump wouldn't be able to campaign because he'd be too busy to be too tied up in court. He's found a way. Mm -hmm. He's found a way to do both at the same time. Yeah. But, but you notice that when if imagine how you would feel if you were accused of rape and and let's say you didn't do it but you'd you'd been accused of it anyway. well you'd be you'd be outraged you'd be incensed you'd yeah. fight you'd fight for your innocence you absolutely would mm -hmm. uh trump didn't think that was so important in the case of eugene carroll he, right. he couldn't just couldn't make it for that trial uh some of some of these other uh legal proceedings against him uh just you know uh documents blah blah he just couldn't be bothered with it yeah but when it's a when it's about his money and it's when it's about how much or how little money he has now he cares oh now it's the most important thing in the world. Now he's going to show you how mad he is because it's the only thing he has emotion for. It's the only thing he has love for is the amount of money people think he has. Yeah, it's a fundraising opportunity for him because he gets right. a chance to talk to cameras and microphones. And of course, they devour Donald Trump. I mean, yes, the press that yeah. shows up at these events is waiting for Donald Trump to step out and say something obnoxious. That's just the way the system well, works right and, now. And this is and this is ego also. He It's yeah. not just about how much money he has, but how much money you think he has. It's right, important right, to him right. that you know that he's rich, rich, rich. Yeah, yeah. And of course, lying, lying, lying about being right. rich, rich, rich. Um, <laughs> of course. And there were so many lies. And you know what? Look, I liked uh, Lawrence O'Donnell's approach last night. He said point blank. And I'm one of these guys who is really into amplifying Donald Trump because I strongly feel as though amplifying Donald Trump turns off those voters who can still be convinced. I still believe that there are voters that are like, I don't know. And yeah, I think wear, wear down. continuing to emphasize the fact that this guy is a tyrant and a maniac will continue to push those people into the realm of voting against Donald Trump. So that being said, Donald Trump did continue to lie and Lawrence O'Donnell didn't want to play any of those lies. He just didn't feel inclined to play clips of Donald Trump in court because that's exactly what Donald Trump wanted. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't talk about the fraud that I'm already guilty of in this case. Look at everything obnoxious that I'm saying. Oh my God, look, I just threatened the attorney general of New York State. Like, for example, he lied about the jury trial. He said, it's very unfair, very unfair we don't have a jury trial. Even though we know if the reporting came out yesterday as this whole thing was taking place, that Elena Hobbit, uh, Elena Hobba forgot, I almost called her Elena Hobbit. Yeah, that's fine. That, that, you know what? That's a better name. I think I'm going to start calling her Elena Hobbit. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yes. She forgot to check the box for a jury trial. Well, uh, when it, she should have checked that box. And so it was, it was certainly their option. It was certainly the Trump camp's yeah. option to ask for a jury trial. There are parts of this trial, especially since the judge has already determined that fraud was committed. Yes. Right. The judge is already that's that's <clears throat> already that that's already settled. That's a settled matter. He's been found guilty of fraud. Yeah. What this trial is about is what the penalties should be for that. Yes. And so the, the testimony is uh, to give us some idea of what the intent was here and how severe the penalties should be. 
be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his lawyer could have asked for a jury trial, but part of it would still have to be left to the judge because when it comes to uh, deciding the specific penalties, uh, what the fine should be and all that, that's the kind of thing you don't leave to a jury. The jury is yeah. never presented with that. So the judge was going to have to decide. So it may have just been, well, you know what, since part of this is going to have to be a jury trial anyway, we may as well turn it into a series of campaign events. Yeah. You, you know what Elena Hobbit did? She whizzed on the electric fence. Everyone knows you don't do that. In this case, it was unavoidable. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah. they, they, and, and they're going to find themselves, and they continue to find themselves in situations in which they, there are no good outs, there are no good options, uh, and uh, sometimes they're going to, in order to get out of an even worse situation, they're going to have to whiz on the electric fence. <laughs> and we know you don't do that. Don't you don't. Um, so, yeah, Trump also lied about the statute of limitations thing. That was kind of a, a big deal that happened at the end of the day, like the last five minutes of the proceedings. And uh, it was this weird confusion that was happening because everyone's like, what? What is he talking about? Statute of limitations. What is that? Like Monica Crowley started screaming, hey, look, all the charges are being thrown out. And that, of course, wasn't the case at all. What the statute of limitations has to do with, it isn't even a thing in the context of this particular trial, but the statute of limitations had to do with evidence, not the charges, not the grounds for this lawsuit. It had to do with certain evidence that happened prior to, I believe, 2011. And so the judge, Judge Engeron, is making sure that any evidence that's from prior to 2011 that gets introduced in the course of this particular trial ties into something that occurred within the statute of limitations. So does that make any sense? Like, it's got to have some sort of pertinence to things that are actually admissible in court. And so it's going to be taken on a case-by-case basis. And because of Donald Trump and his very obvious brain worms... He didn't understand that it had to do with evidence. He thought it had to do with particular charges in this case. So what we're talking about here is uh, Letitia James has brought up six counts here in this, and right. Judge Engeron has decided on one of those six counts having to do with the fraud and mm-hmm. therefore getting rid of the Trump organization and Trump's properties and all the things that we talked about last week. The other five things are still going to be tried in the course of this trial without a jury and putting everything in the lap of Judge Engeron. So this is Donald Trump making things worse for Donald Trump. Once again, well, Donald Trump's under- representation making things worse for him too, right? He's, he's operating under the delusion that his base will save him somehow. And this is because... This, <laughs> Whatever. This is, this is all for his base. I mean, yeah. he wants his base to think that uh, blah, 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 the statute of limitations. He wants his base to think that he was denied a jury trial when, in fact, it was the choice of his own defense team not to pursue that. Uh, so these are the lies that he's telling his base to fire them up, hoping that they will save him somehow, uh, especially when he says things like, you're going to have to go after this attorney general. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'd like to think in the olden days, if a politician told a, a, a gaggle of reporters that they need to go after somebody, it, it just meant that they needed to go investigate. It was like politics it, or something. Yeah. It isn't clear with Donald Trump yeah. uh, whether this is uh, that or or whether it is, in fact, more stochastic terrorism uh, where he's, uh, you know, hoping someone in the listening audience 
will literally go after Letitia James. Yes, we're going to go with stochastic terrorism. We're going to go with <laughs> he's encouraging his gun-toting, freakish supporters to take matters into their own hands. And you know what? All he needs is one. All he needs is one. There's, what, maybe 74 million of them in this country, maybe more who don't vote. All you need is one, and that's all it takes. So the yeah, interesting I, question will be whether Judge Engeron applies a gag order. You, you know, if uh, in, in any of these cases, if yeah. Trump were to be charged with uh, violating the, the terms of his, you know, of, the, of that had been set out by the judge, uh, you know, I think there's some fear in, in the part of the judges that, well, they because they know he's going to violate it. Like if yeah. they if they make a rule, if they if they try to gag him, they know he's going to violate it. Mm -hmm. So then the judge has to ask themselves, well, what do I do with him then? Yeah, and there there are options certainly, but I don't think there are options that the judges are eager to get into. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think they they want to avoid that as much as they can. But yeah, I mean, I it, it, calling out the judge again in this case as he has in the other cases, and uh, uh, we'll just see how long he can get away with it i i worry because i hear people saying well you notice and i think maybe it was lawrence and nobody's turning out there are no crowds of trump supporters turning out uh, no un, not even any unruly crowds much less any rioters yeah uh i i worry that uh, that kind of statement is tempting fate uh and and right. that we maybe should be careful not to speak too soon no no nothing's happened from Trump world yet in terms of violence uh, connected with these cases, not not anything uh, terribly overtly, uh, but but it's I, you know I, I think we're tempting fate if we say we don't have anything to worry about there. I think it is still uh, there's still a potential for violence. But on the upside, I don't know if this is an upside thing, but it's certainly defining what we're talking about here with regard to Letitia James and and this particular trial. Uh, Elizabeth De La Vega was uh, quote tweeted by. Allison Gill and reminded us that this isn't necessarily about damages. This particular trial is about something called disgorgement. Yes. Disgorgement. Yes. I could use that in a sentence. Disgorgement is a remedy that requires one who profits from illegal acts to give up that money, even if no one was damaged. It's about unjust enrichment. So yeah, that's disgorgement, what we're about with this. Yeah. disgorgement is the court deciding, okay, you can't have this house anymore. You yeah. can't have this car anymore. Yeah. We're taking them away from you. So a, a robbing, essentially robbing someone of their riches legally, uh, that's disgorgement. I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, is the number, the dollar value that Trump could end up paying in fines something like $600 million? Is that have, way over no the top, idea. or I don't think it would be out of the realm, but I but I don't know. I haven't uh, heard or seen okay. these numbers because I I know that Letitia James is going for two hundred fifty million, right? But it could be up to six hundred million, depending Possibly. on the evidence that's presented over the course of this particular trial. So uh, that'll know, be up to the judge and the person he selects to help determine that figure. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, look, ultimately, irrespective of what Donald Trump says, I would much rather be Letitia James in all of this. I oh, would sure. much rather be in the position of Judge Engeron in all of this than Donald Trump. Duh. Uh, I noticed yesterday, too, there was the usual far-right red hat memes going around, and one was this. It looked like a courtroom sketch, looked more like an AI version of courtroom sketch, <laughs> and it was Donald Trump sitting next to Jesus. Uh -huh. And I, as soon as I saw that drawing going around, 
I was like, oh, so it was Jesus who forgot to check the box for a jury trial. <laughs> Thank you very much. You you earned that one. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's so funny to see a portrayal of Donald Trump in a religious context because, as I've been saying, this guy doesn't give a flying fuck about Jesus or faith or Christianity. The only reason he cares about it is that people who do believe it love him so much. That's the extent of his, uh, yeah. It's not a cult, Bob. It's not a cult. No, absolutely not. not. He's just that's why that's why they put Jesus next to next to Trump. Well, there's more legal news. You want to hear some good news? Some good legal news here? Yes, please. Those of us who go back to Blogosphere 1.0, we all remember the name Bernie Carrick. He was a uh, he was basically Rudy Giuliani's right hand man during 9/11. Yeah, exactly. Uh, New York City Police Commissioner (laughs) uh, helped helped uh, Giuliani clean up the crime, clean up the the smut in Times Square. Yeah, yes. yeah. And then we all saw Bernie Carrick with Rudy Giuliani on and after 9-11. He was sort of right. like, uh, Rudy Giuliani's main lieutenant, as they say. And obviously after that, we all know that he was convicted of tax fraud, just like his hero Donald Trump. Well, now we have learned that Bernie Carrick has flipped in Fulton County. All right. Yeah, and plus, not yeah, he's asked for immunity in exchange for testimony in that particular trial. He has been subpoenaed to testify by DA Fonnie Willis. So that's great news. Another inner circle guy, another guy with big connections to both Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani agreeing to testify. Plus, on top of that, as though that wasn't enough, co-defendant Scott Hall has also flipped. Anyway. <laughs> What, what tickles me about Scott Hall is he's a he's a bail bondsman. His day job is yeah. he's a bail bondsman. Right, and I think he is definitely involved in the infiltration of those voting systems in Coffee County with Sidney exactly. Powell. Exactly, yes. And so now he has flipped. He has pled guilty to five criminal counts, including the main charge of RICO, of course. Hall was one of the main defendants connected to Sidney Powell's attempt to tamper with voting machines. And if you haven't read that story about Sidney Powell and the Coffee County voting machines. Go do a Google search. In fact, if you need to pause the show, please come back to the show. Please unpause when you're done researching. Or you could just continue to listen to the show and do your research yeah, while you're listening. Don't, you know the internet's just going to distract you. So yeah, stay yeah. Yeah. Keep the show rolling, but go and do a search on Sydney Powell Coffee County voting machines and read the story of what happened there. I often use the metaphor of the Three Stooges fixing the plumbing. Right. That's what this was. These idiots went in and they were photocopying ballots, for God's sake. They were monkeying around with voting uh, tabulation machines. And they were all doing this to defend Donald Trump. I, I just, I still can't get beyond that. Forgive me for repeating myself a lot, Buzz, but I, I still am amazed by how many people are willing to break the law and then to go to prison in the name of Donald effing Trump. It makes zero sense to me, given that he would never do the same thing in return. In fact, he's more likely to throw all these people under the bus if he needs to, including his own children, but they're all willing to go to jail for him. I find that just astonishing and one of the lead indicators of the American nervous breakdown. You know what I mean? The the only thing I could say about those folks is that they genuinely in their hearts believe 
the things that Trump says he believes. Yeah, it's just. And, and, in other words, I'm not even sure Trump believes these things, but these folks who uh, are not only loyal to Trump, uh, but they believe this BS. They believe yeah. uh, the big lie. They believe the conspiracy theories. Uh, that's why it's easy. That's why they're willing to go down for the fight because in their hearts, unlike Trump, who has no heart, mm -hmm. in their hearts, they believe they are fighting on the side of right. And by the way, speaking of Trump, we do have some things to talk about uh, with regard to tiny Trump. That will be coming up in the shadow docket mm. portion of the show. Mm. Plus, I have a little thing to discuss with regard to Donald Trump's issues with water. Has a really difficult time talking <laughs> about water. But mm. uh, we're going to cover all of that in the I uh, think I know what this is about, show. but yeah. I'll be eager to hear if it's what I think it is. Yeah, so get ready for uh, Tiny Trump to be released from his cigar box and oh, to boy. join us on the uh, Shadow Docket show. On our Patreon page, by the way, patreon.com slash Bob Show. Right, Tiny Trump? You can't let that happen to me! Yeah, he's so upset. Yes, we can. He's so upset. Now, we've got to talk about Elon Musk and something we've obviously been discussing for some time now since Elon Musk has made his moves to uh, purchase Twitter and then to destroy Twitter. We this, now, uh, yeah, this strike. This I just set this up by saying this strikes me as shocking. Yeah, and when I saw a segment about it on uh, Rachel Maddow last night, I texted Bob immediately. I said, "Are you watching this?" And and he has watched it since. Uh, because this uh, not only underscores everything Bob's been saying about Elon Musk all along, we, we have hard evidence of this now, and it's it's absolutely shocking to me. I, I, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, I mean, I've always been curious about the fact that Donald Trump declared his candidacy right around the same time Elon Musk took control of Twitter. And there has been, uh, obviously, lots of reporting about why Elon Musk may have wanted to buy Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. Kimberly Johnson has been warning me and everyone else for many months prior to Elon Musk how immensely dangerous Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter actually is. And I started to see some of the things that Elon Musk was doing and saying, and I became very alarmed that this is all part of this larger plan to further autocracy in the world, to supplant democracy, to supplant the democratic system in many Western countries, not just the United States, and to replace that with some form of autocratic fascism. Uh, here, of course, I like to describe it as fascist idiocracy because it does have that dumb shit angle yeah. to all of it, yeah, too. The, it's fascism, yeah, a, but with a layer of dumb of fuckery. White, of, of <laughs> white, of, uh, with a layer of white nationalism. Yeah, and, that, too. To I mean, sure. obviously, racism is and, the big driving force behind it. And and, and you were not alone uh, during all of this time in observing that it seemed like the wheels were coming off of Twitter. I think yeah. I'd said that a couple of times, holding it together with uh, squirrels and Band-Aids at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, because we thought, well, this thing is just... Well, apparently there was a method to all this madness. Yes. Uh, ben Collins from NBC News uh, has published this piece about this guy named Darren Beatty, mm -hmm. who was fired from the Trump White House for participating in a white nationalist panel uh, with some guys from uh, an organization called V-Dare. 
You know what uh, V Dare is, right? <clears throat> it's uh, this Virginia Dare, yeah. Yeah, Virginia Dare was allegedly the first child born in the quote unquote New World by Europeans. And this idea is to further the notion that the United States is a white country. That white people belong here. It's just a, it's a whole thing with white supremacy, white nationalism, and there are people who uh, are connected to that entire universe through this organization called V-Dare, including Darren Beatty, uh, who, of course, was too fascistic, too white nationalist for even the Trump administration. And so this guy runs a blog slash website, Darren Beatty. And on that website, just prior to Elon Musk buying Twitter, there was an article that laid out a four-step plan for what Elon Musk should do with Twitter once he that, purchases it, right? Why he should buy it and what yeah. he should do with it, yes. Okay, so according to Ben Collins, the author said that step one after a Musk takeover would be blame the platform for its users, he or she predicted, and this is, we don't know who wrote this article because a lot of the articles it on is. this website are published under pseudonyms. Hey, Anonymous, hail, yeah. hail pseudonyms. Great idea for the internet. You know what? Just as a brief note, when I say shut down the internet, I'm yeah. saying it semi-ironically because I, of course, am on the internet. You are on the internet, Buzz. We're right. all on the internet, and I would like that to continue. But I'm saying that from the perspective of the Internet being sort of the hub of why we face so many of these problems. It's just True. a way to illustrate that when you boil it all down, it's the Internet and that's the problem. And this is another example of that, where you have this piece that's published on some, you know, third rate blog slash website run by a white supremacist. And suddenly it becomes the doctrine for an entire social media platform connected to this larger move toward autocracy and fascism in the world. So this author said, step one after the must takeover should be blame the platform for its users. He or she predicted that Twitter would be blamed for every so-called act of racism, sexism, and transphobia occurring on its platform. It's not the users, see, it's the platform. That's sort of deferring everything and giving Elon Musk a reason to say, well, let's let those people back on. Let's have Donald Trump come back to Twitter. Let's bring back all those white nationalists and the people who engaged in the insurrection. And then, and this article this, uh, warns that uh, there's going to be trouble. Uh, people are going to, you know, you're going to lose advertisers. You, you, you're going to lose uh, subscribers. Yeah. But that's not important because we're headed for a bigger goal. Yes, exactly. And we're going to get, there's uh, three more steps in all of this. Step four should be the most fascinating of them. We'll get into that here in a second. I mean, there's so many different dimensions to this particular story. Uh, there's the anonymous person who texted Elon Musk, or I should say not anonymous. I mean, it's an actual person. It's just, it was redacted in this court case where Elon Musk was sued by Twitter and Twitter's board to make sure that Elon Musk purchased Twitter. That's one of the weird dimensions to all of this. Like Elon Musk at one point decided, yeah, you know what? I don't want to buy Twitter. 
Right, right. And, and Twitter sued him, forcing him to buy Twitter. So that's why Jack Dorsey and his stupid website, Blueski, can go F themselves. Because they're as guilty as Elon Musk is to an extent, as far as that transaction goes. But uh, we're going to talk about this in more depth here in just a second. We've got to take a short break. And plus, on top of this particular story from Ben Collins, we also have to talk about how Russian propagandists have started praising Elon Musk, and they've even given him an appropriate nickname. We'll talk about that, too. Yeah. Uh, Plus, uh, John Kelly confirmed that Trump hates the troops. We'll talk about that, how that isn't a thing larger in the news is beyond me. Plus, of course, Matt Gates. So much happening right now. It's a slow news day, isn't it, Buzz? <laughs> it is indeed. All right. Back with more podcasts right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Bob Seska! Whenever I listen to Freak Bass now, uh-huh. I can always see him playing the bass along yes. with the song. And yeah, same here. Yeah. And I, I, I always spot his music instantly. Yeah, exactly. God, you, what you have to do is you have to follow Freak Bass on uh, TikTok, follow him on Instagram, follow him on Twitter. 
He's got some of the best uh, funk videos around. Yeah, this is a song, this brand new single called uh, Party in the USA featuring Mudbone Cooper. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. He yeah. does bring the funk. Yes, he does. He, he is the funk master of the great state of Ohio, <laughs> indeed, right? Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. Okay, link in the description to support Freak Bass and get this brand new single into your record collection. Find this episode dated 10-3-23 at bobseska.com. Click that link, scroll on down, and there's links to support all the independent bands here on the show. Okay, getting back to this Elon Musk story. And you know what? There is a particular angle to this and where I'm kind of patting myself on the back. Just a little bit. I, I feel good that I kind of called this correctly. That this is about white nationalism. You, this is about you've done it again. Yes. Yeah. This is about going after the globalists, which is a dog whistle for Jews. Right. Uh, the article also predicted that step two. Are we up to step two now, Buzz? We're already up I to step two. I think we're up two. to step two. Yes. <laughs> yes. Would involve a quote coordinated pressure campaign by the ADL, the Anti Defamation League, and other nonprofit groups to get Musk to reinstate the banned accounts. Uh So that's step two. Of course, the pressure campaign happened. There was pressure on advertisers. Advertisers fled the platform. Uh, The next step, we're up to step three now. Uh, Step three would be the exodus of the blue checks. The term Uh blue checks refers to, yeah, (laughs) refers to a former identity verification system on Twitter that confirmed the authenticity of the accounts of celebrities, public figures, journalists, Musk experimented with and ultimately eliminated Twitter's verification system of blue checks. As the article predicted, the removal resulted in a public backlash and an exponential drop in advertisers and revenue. Other developments, including Musk's drastically reducing the number of staffers who monitor tweets and a rise in hate speech, also attributed to the dynamic. So that's the very next thing. And then the final prediction is step four, or advice, yeah. and that has yet to happen. That would be the deplatforming of Twitter itself, which means that the major distributors of apps and so on would say, okay, Twitter's gone too far. Uh, bye-bye, Twitter. We're no longer going to distribute your app on our platforms. And that would essentially be the end of Twitter. But ultimately, that's the goal, right? I mean, that's the... That was the, the purpose. Yeah, Darren Beatty and this website this, wanted know. yeah, wanted to convince Elon Musk to destroy Twitter in this war against globalists. For, for the last year or two, we've been telling each other, uh, it, it's like he wants to destroy Twitter. Yeah. It's like he's, he's trying to destroy... Well, guess what? He, he was. That mm. was the plan. That was the goal all along. And uh, it was predicted that there were... There's, uh, ben Collins uncovered an email in which uh, he, he was uh, advised, Musk was advised, you're going to take a hit from this, you're going to lose subscribers, you're going to lose advertisers. Yeah. Blame, it, blame it on the ADL, which he did. Uh, he took that advice. He did as he was instructed to do, uh, and uh, did blame it on the ADL. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he, these are the, this is this was a, not a plan. It was also advice. It was pressure on Elon Musk to do the very things that he has done. And so I think step four could end up happening sometime next year or after the twenty twenty four election. And Donald Trump somehow wins and is propelled to victory based on some obvious disinformation and propaganda on Twitter itself. 
having the you know power is addictive and and uh, musk having uh, the power of a social media platform yeah. that he has i mean that's that's power yeah and and i think it's going to be hard for him to give that up i think it's going to be hard for him to let that go and especially through this election and i think they feel they still have work to do and work that they can do with this machine that they're about to destroy yeah um but uh, you know there was uh, i think an announcement that uh, twitter was hiring uh, they were hiring people for their election integrity unit yeah and now uh, elon musk turned around and fired uh, the people in that unit including the guy who posted the, the tweet about we're hiring people for the election integrity unit so uh, the last thing he wants is election integrity that too is part of this plan i think what would deplatform twitter is the same thing that got uh, a website like 8kun deplatformed mm -hmm. I think it would have to be some kind of insurrection or some version of that. Somewhere in the spectrum of insurrections, like some sort of violent uprising occurring in whatever location. And that uprising having something to do with radicalization on Twitter. That's what could lead to Apple and Google saying, all right, you know what? Twitter has abused or Elon Musk has abused Twitter to do this and that. So therefore, we're going to stop uh, providing I, it on our platforms. I'm deeply uh, surprised and disappointed they haven't done so already. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the anti-Semitism and uh, the, the white nationalism that's uh, spread throughout Twitter now, making it unavoidable, mm -hmm. uh, that's, uh, I'm surprised that, that Apple and Google would continue to allow that to, to, to be distributed by their stores. This uh, article that offered all these suggestions uh, expressed sympathy for the Russian government-controlled news outlets Russia Today and Sputnik, right. saying they had unfairly, quote, canceled, or they had been unfairly, quote, canceled after uh -huh. Russia invaded Ukraine. Musk ended the use of state-sponsored media labels on Twitter this year, dropping it from the accounts of Russia Today, Sputnik, and many other state-owned organizations. The change reportedly prompted RT editor Margarita Simon Simonia to send Musk a note of appreciation. <laughs> So how kind, sure. how kind of Elon Musk to help them out this he's, way, he's, of course. He's doing, he's doing uh, Putin's work for him. Yeah. So do you have any guesses as to who texted that Beatty article to Musk? Do you have any ideas? No, uh, uh, no I don't. I, you know, the first person I thought of was Steve Bannon. Because could be. Darren Beatty is connected to the Bannonverse. <laughs> He's connected to that, that. Yeah, to that whole world. And I think Steve Bannon is just the kind of chaos agent to say, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, Elon, check out this article. You'll be maybe, very interested maybe. in the plan that's uh, outlined here. Because we are going, after all, we're going after the globalists. And that's one of Steve Bannon's main things. So this, right. this to me, screams out Steve Bannon. In addition to screaming out white nationalism, obviously connecting Elon Musk with white nationalism and emphasizing the fact that he's in this as a chaos agent. He's in this yes. to undermine democracy. He's in this to facilitate the uprising of fascism. He's in this definitively to hijack one of the most important global communications platforms in the history of human civilization and to turn it into a force for evil until it is finally deplatformed, to run it into the ground 
uh, but to milk it for all it's worth. It's almost like yeah. uh, it's almost like uh, doing a bust out, you know, the old mafia move where they would take over a bar or something like that owned by someone who owed them money. And then they would just they would pillage the whole thing. You know, they right. bring supplies in the front door and take them out the back door and sell them at a gigantic profit and then uh, light a match and then burn the whole place down. It's a mafia bust out. That's what Elon Musk is doing, but with the intent of bringing about the rise of fascism in this world, in the United States, fascist idiocracy. Yeah, uh, being a chaos agent is the is the style. It's the fashion now. Yeah, uh, you have you have pipsqueaks like Matt Gates who hmm. are chaos agents, and then yeah. you have the two probably the two most dangerous chaos agents in the world, Donald Trump and Elon Musk. Yeah, um, isn't Darren Beatty connected to uh, Matt Gates? I think yeah, uh, he yes, he worked briefly for Gates. He's been a speechwriter for I don't know uh, Nazis. I, I you know he's he's got a, a history. He he wrote for a conservative uh, paper that decided. Uh, that every once in a while purges itself of white nationalist authors. And uh, so he got kicked out of that. So he's been sort of passed from office to office. And you know, for a brief period, he did work for Matt Gates. Yes, yes, he was hired in, it's right here. He was hired in uh, 2019, April uh -huh. of 2019, as a speechwriter for Matt Gates. Right. So that's Matt Gates's connection to white nationalism. Oh, just, sure. I, Not I was, that there was ever any doubt, yeah. I, I get super frustrated, as we all do. We get full of uh, rage and righteous anger uh -huh. whenever the press sidesteps this whole concept of the Republicans being co-opted by fascists and white nationalists, and which right. is oftentimes one and the same. But you know what I mean? And, and so I, why we're still tiptoeing around this? It's a better business model for the media to pretend there are two, still two even sides. It drives me crazy. Uh, I it's, mean, it's, it's, it does more than drive us crazy. Yeah. Uh, those of us who are saying it, it endangers democracy. Of course, of course. And this other element with Elon Musk having to do with Russia, they love him in well, sure. Moscow. Of course. Uh, according to the Daily Beast, as a special bonus for supporters of the Russian war effort, Elon Musk over the weekend mocked Ukrainian President Zelensky on X mm -hmm. for seeking international support to help his country repel a genocidal aggressor. We already know that Elon Musk sabotaged right. the Ukrainian army by disabling right. Starlink with some stupid goddamn excuse. The, the American bullshit detector is fucking broken. There's so many people here who just cannot see bullshit when it falls onto their heads. I mean, it's impossible to miss. Elon Musk, full of shit, obviously. Donald Trump, full of shit, obviously. Predictably, Musk's cruelty, according to the Daily Beast, brought joy to Putin's mouthpieces. During Monday's yeah. broadcast of 60 Minutes, state TV host Olga Skabiva noted, quote, it's impossible not to notice that the West is getting sick not only of Zelensky, but Ukraine as a whole, as a circumstance that is constantly siphoning away their money. Elon Musk is magnificent. He is wonderful, and perhaps he really is our agent. What have we been calling him for some time now? A chaos agent? Yeah. Right. Connecting him Russia. to Russia? Yeah. yeah. All correct. 
He published a meme, this is continuing the quote, he published a meme about a beggar that recently became popular using Zelensky's face instead of that person. It says, when it's been five minutes and you haven't asked for a billion dollars in aid. Ha 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 Hilarious. Yeah, see, uh, this is, again, just as a reminder for everybody, uh, the, the saving of Ukraine is the saving of democracy worldwide. Yeah. Ukraine is, uh, Zelensky is correct and accurate when he says Ukraine is fighting this battle on behalf of the entire rest of the free world. Yep. And that's why it's important that the entire rest of the free world continue to support that effort. Republicans, uh, many of whom also have connections to Russia, uh, are trying to shut that down, are trying mm -hmm. to shut down aid to Ukraine. And and the other thing that we should mention in the Ukraine context before we you know, go back to, to our own agenda for today uh, is that uh, the we're going to be blamed or the Democrats are going to be blamed or accused of caring so much about Ukraine that we're ignoring important domestic issues at home. Oh, like, Jesus. For, for example, crime. For example, a Democratic congressman uh, last night getting carjacked in D.C. Republicans are going to be all over this today uh, saying, well, see, it's the, there that you go, the, the Biden administration going after Trump and ignoring uh, the rampant crime in this country, uh, spending money on Ukraine while ignoring the rampant crime in this country. I just think it's important as we do these shows to point out to our listeners what we're up against yeah. uh, and, and, you know, the, the context in which all of this occurs. So uh, it is important that we continue to support Ukraine in defense of democracy on behalf of the world uh, and, and just prepare yourselves for the accusations that will be hurled at Democrats. I got to be honest about something. There's a thing. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's a general observation or one that's specific to the left, but I sometimes see it on the left where we pick up on stuff after it's too late. We right. notice after it's too late to do anything. It was right. like, I always use the example of the Wendy Davis filibuster. There was a anti-abortion law that was being passed in Texas. Wendy Davis as a member of the state legislature tried to filibuster that. And mm -hmm. we only found out about that law the night that Wendy Davis was filibustering. It right. wasn't a point of discussion any time prior to that, except maybe locally in Texas. And so that was one of those things that I got. I wish we knew about that before that's, it actually happened. You know what I mean? That's why I, that's why I bring this stuff. That's why yeah. it's important to me to bring this stuff to our people. It's, it's important for us to not be blindsided when shit goes right. down. And right. a part of, I think, what we do on this show is not only do we bring the zany laughs and entertainment. Oh. Oh, we're wacky. Yes, we are quite wacky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we also try to, uh, you know, be a, a, a warning signal. Uh, you know, like yes. we also yeah. try to, uh, you know, stand up on the uh, on our chairs and take a look at the long view and see right. what's coming around the corner so we can all be prepared. And we all know right. what to say when that thing finally happens. And that's why sometimes there's this weird mix of fun and horror show all at the same time yeah. uh so anyway but that yeah that's well, it and yeah well without the laughter the the rest would be intolerable right right so the capper at the end of this story the mm. the end cap at the end of the elon musk story is that uh during the evening broadcast of 60 minutes skabiva was still praising musk for his anti-ukrainian stance she right. proudly noted that quote the wealthiest person in the world unquote 
is now known as Elon Moskal, meaning Elon the Muscovite. Elon of Moscow. That's right. what we're talking about here. So right. that's all That's all you need to know. What we need you to know. do is proceed accordingly. Elon Musk is an agent of Russia. He's an agent of chaos. He's an agent of fascism. And and a lot of it has to do with, as we saw with the, uh, the Darren Beatty story, it's Elon Musk being influenced by people and Elon Musk not being smart enough to be able to evaluate what's righteous or, and what's not. Or or, or or Elon Musk, who's racist enough and fascist yeah. enough to agree with all this. Right, right. Well, and also realizing, too, that there's money in this kind of radicalism. I mean, ultimately, Elon Musk is about making money. That's a, oh, You don't become the wealthiest person in the world without having a gargantuan appetite for making as much money as possible. And he sees that maybe from his perspective, the writing is on the wall. The future of the world is fascist. The future of the world is run by Russia and not the West, uh, etc. And so Elon Musk is facilitating all of that through all of this shit that we're seeing, using Twitter as a springboard to uh, bring about that uh, eventuality. By, yeah. by the way, by the way, there's another uh, popular American in Russia right now. Yeah. Uh, in addition to Elon Musk, uh, we don't see much of or hear much of Tucker Carlson in this country anymore, <laughs> yeah. but they, they still run segments of his uh, new commentaries uh, on Russian television. Yes, they uh, do. Is, yeah, yeah, so... Uh, there are among us uh, very real Russian agents. Yes, and they have money and they can control and the conversation, the discourse to an extent. Right. Right. And so that's one of the reasons we need to be aware of it. We need to be aware of the warning signs. And when we see people who would otherwise vote rationally in our elections right. starting to mention things like, well, you know what? Elon Musk is a smart guy, and he's done some good things. No, no, stop them right there in their tracks, and don't right. allow them to continue saying that. And when you see it, act accordingly. I think that's the idea. I, you know, my my rule of thumb is, and you were talking about Blue Sky earlier and Jack Dorsey. I don't trust Jack Dorsey. I don't trust Elon Musk. Yeah. I don't trust Mark Zuckerberg. I don't trust any of these guys. Yeah, that's you a know? good approach think, to take, yeah. I, th I think we all just need to assume that, Except for spoutable, uh, that uh, that the, the most of these things are corrupt. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why, and I've said this a million times. It's one of the reasons why I hope spoutable is the one that succeeds. And it it seems doubtful because it seems like everyone has decided. Oh yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, that guy who sold uh, or took rubles to sell Russian propaganda on his platform. That's the guy we're going to go with this time. Well, it's just easier. I mean, for a lot yeah. of people who already had uh, Facebook, for example, or anyone, it's it's very easy to to you know to to, yeah. to do threads as well. It was an easy transition. It was there was a degree of familiarity, mm -hmm. brand familiarity there. So some advantage. I, I hope that. Uh, Christopher Boozy is patient yeah. uh, and and holds on to a belief that I like, which is eventually they will come. Eventually, <laughs> be, because we are in the right, Yeah, uh, because we are in the right, we're going to do all right. I'm a strong believer in slow and steady wins the race. And right. I hope that's the case with Christopher Boozy. The, the right. problem that we face in this country and, in fact, around the world in the Internet age, see also my previous rant about shut down the Internet, is mm -hmm. that it seems like clout supersedes everything. 
having online cloud. And that's one of the reasons why folks have gone to threads and why threads appears to be the next alternative to Twitter that will maybe stick to the wall because there is the engagement that people want happening on threads. And so consequently, because clout rules the day, uh, it seems like that that's the most logical next step, in spite of the fact that Mark Zuckerberg is almost as much of a demon as Elon Musk is. People want to be, I think it's just a human nature, people want to be on the winning team. I yeah. think one of, the reasons, yeah. one of the things that intrigues people about polls, public opinion polls, is they want to be confirmed correct, yeah. or at least yeah. confirmed in the majority. Uh, I think some people form their opinions based on what the majority thinks in a poll. That's why I think polls are, are can be dangerously influential. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I think some people kind of wait and see what the majority has to say and, the, and then go with the winning team. Right, right. And I Again, I hope the winning team is spoutable, but it's one of those things where I hear a lot of, uh, well, it's not very exciting on spoutable. It's much more exciting on threads, so I'm going to be over there. Again, right. clout superseding values, clout superseding right. uh, a stable democracy. So uh, once again, Donald Trump is built on clout. That's his entire thing. He's all sure. about clout, and that's what that's why he's so angry and and so in your face at at that trial in New York yeah. is because his clout is being questioned. How dare you question his clout? So finally, speaking of Donald Trump, uh, John Kelly has confirmed reporting from the Atlantic from. A couple of years ago, uh, there was a piece written by Jeffrey Goldberg in The Atlantic. We all know the one. It was the suckers and losers piece. said that Donald Trump was uh, commenting on POWs and uh, wounded soldiers, uh, soldiers killed on the line of duty, and uh, referring to them as suckers and losers, etc. And now John Kelly has officially stepped out and confirmed that he is the source for that story. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for... I, I don't. It's unforgivable. It's yeah. unforgivable yeah, it is. That, that that he did not call this out at the time yeah. in real time. Yeah. Right, right. And and the inclination here. I'm going to read the Kelly quote here in a second. But the inclination yeah. here is to focus on exclusively John Kelly and what he did or didn't say. The takeaway from this story is why the fuck is the ongoing meme 24/7 not that Donald Trump is an unpatriotic hater of the troops. Why is that not the main thing? Because I remember distinctly, Buzz, in the years, years, mm -hmm. I underscore the word years after 9-11, yeah. the left was continuously hectored and pilloried for allegedly being against the troops, for right. allegedly disrespecting the troops. You're and, either with the Republicans or you're with ISIS. Right. Was and, the kind and, of the, the attitude. Exactly. In the meantime, the Republican Party basically added American patriotism to their brand to the point where some liberals are like, well, I don't want to put a flag out because people are going to think I'm Republican. You know, it's like the American flag suddenly became synonymous with being a Republican somehow. And that was one of the many uh, side effects, one of the many uh, awful I've, consequences of 9-11 in addition I've, to the I've, mass death. Yeah. I've thoroughly confused my neighbors by flying an American flag yeah. and having one of those signs that says love is love. So Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> What's he all about? Yeah. So uh, this needs to be something that we hang around the necks of the Republicans like an albatross, that the leader of their party thinks the troops, and we're not just talking about any soldiers, any military veterans, we're talking about troops who gave their lives in war, right. uh, gold star families, etc. These people are suckers, according to the leader of the Republican Party. 
John Kelly said, what can I add that has not already been said? A person that thinks those who defend their country in uniform or are shot down or seriously wounded in combat or spend years being tortured as POWs are all suckers, quote unquote, because, quote, there is nothing in it for them. A person that did not want to be seen in the presence of military amputees because, quote, it doesn't look good for me, unquote. A person who demonstrated open contempt for a Gold Star family, for all Gold Star families, on TV during the 2016 campaign. And rants that our most precious heroes who gave their lives in America's defense are, quote, losers and wouldn't visit their graves in France. A person who is not truthful regarding his position on the protection of unborn life, on women, on minorities, on evangelical Christians, on Jews, on working men and women, Kelly continued. A person that has no idea what America stands for and has no idea what America is all about. A person who cavalierly suggests that a selfless warrior who has served his country for 40 years in peacetime and war should lose his life for treason. Talk about Mark Milley. An expectation that someone will take action. A person who admires autocrats and murderous dictators. A person that has nothing but contempt for our democratic institutions, our constitution, and the rule of law. There is nothing more that can be said, Kelly concluded. God help us. And that was Donald Trump's chief of staff, and prior to that, his secretary of Homeland Security, in that one four-year span of awfulness. Well, that speech, that quote needs to be spread far and wide. Yeah. Uh, it is still unforgivable that Kelly didn't speak up at the time that this was happening and uh, that it could be, you know, hammered ever since. Uh, we've, we've known it. We remember this coming up. And then uh, thanks to the fire hose of news and, and uh, the, the constant moving parts, yeah. our, atten our attention moves on to other things. And we forget about this. We forget that he called uh, those who gave all uh, losers and suckers. Yeah, I, I think it would uh, benefit the cause of democracy. It would benefit the cause of putting down this fascist movement. If the Democratic Party and all of its surrounding super PACs spending money on advertisements began to frame Donald Trump immediately as being unpatriotic, right. as uh, hating the troops. I think this suckers and losers thing, now that John Kelly is on the record, has got to be emphasized because enough is enough with this guy. How many times can he insult uh, America itself? the very foundation of what this country is built upon and not get perpetually called out about it. It's so easy to chase down his little stupid things, which we often do on this show. But I, I like to think that we always come back around to the fact that Donald Trump is an enemy of democracy. Donald Trump right. is an enemy of the Constitution. Donald Trump is an enemy of the United States of America and always has been, whether it's his cooperation with Vladimir Putin and Russia, his, I mean, everything that John Kelly just said. I don't need to relitigate everything John Kelly just uh, uh, said in this statement. But what I'd really like to see, Buzz, though, is I'd like to see mm -hmm. if there is audio, if there is video of John Kelly saying that. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see his face actually saying it. Because yeah. the only problem with this particular statement is that it appears to have been a written statement, which right. in our modern age of Internet and sound bites and video and TikTok and cable news right. doesn't resonate as much. 
TV TV news isn't concerned with something if they don't have video for it. Yeah, we exactly. gotta have, we gotta have video. We gotta have moving pictures. And and I think uh, you're right. I think in the as far as credibility goes in the minds of the American people, yeah. they would like to see a face attached to that. Uh, I I wish. I wish this could be part of campaign advertising. I yes. mean, this needs to be this needs to be something that the Democrats are running ads for uh, now because I think I think we have to bypass the news programs since they can't be uh, trusted much. Yeah. Um, so maybe advertising is the way to go. And bear in mind that this I think is a bold step by John Kelly to take. I think he stops short of being ultimately effective in this. I, I think there's an element of, well, I'm going to say this, but I'm not going to say it in a way that can be co-opted and used in any meaningful way. I'm you know what I mean? It's just like, it, yes. he's, yeah, he's right up to the line and he's like, eh, if I say it like on video, uh -huh. then it's going to be in ads. It's going to be all the things that... Buzz and Bob are talking about on the. Well, he's not going to say. He's not going to mention us. Wouldn't that be funny if John Kelly were a listener? Yeah, well, we'd be honored. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, never going to happen. Uh, never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. Okay. So we still got to talk about Matt Gates and the speakership, the chaos uh -huh. in the House of Representatives. Republicans right. in disarray. Also exactly. still not a thing, is it? We're going to talk <laughs> about so that, and uh, there's been an announcement on Dianne Feinstein's replacement in California. All that and more right after these words. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. some reason it's got that flavor it feels like autumn feels like fall this is the great luke leblanc and one of his brand new singles is called a place from his forthcoming album from places that's the name of the album that's going to drop on uh october 27 so get ready for the brand new luke leblanc album coming your way the, and uh, the link guitar, in the description. yeah 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 the guitar the instrumentation make me smile yeah Very they're very cheerful in that way. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. One of the best uh, recording artists we play here on the show, Luke LeBlanc. Remember that name. Yeah. And you know, I received such a lovely thank you video from one of our favorite recording artists on the show. King Cyborg sent me a oh, DM my. on Instagram where she was thanking me for playing her music. 
And it was so nice to see. It was such a nice little thing because I, I like King Cyborg is one of those recording artists who I think should be accepting all the Grammys at every right. single Grammy ceremony and uh, should be a household name and all the rest of it. I really admire her music and, and what she's doing. Of course, her backstory is incredibly compelling. If you haven't listened to my interview show with uh, King Cyborg, go back to the archives and check that out. And then suddenly when she's sending me a video thanking me for playing her music, I'm like, hey, look. <laughs> Yeah, you should be the most popular recording artist in the world. The fact that you sent me a video makes me feel really good and completely unnecessary, but I, I do appreciate it. That's very so, nice. So, yeah, it was nice. It was very nice. So, let's get into uh, Matt Gates here before we uh, wrap up the show today. Yes, we'll go from talking about very nice people to very <laughs> unnice people. Yes. On the opposite end of the spectrum, there's uh -huh. Matt Gates with his giant forehead oh, calling for dick. vacating the speakership. Let's listen to the sound of Matt Gates uh, oh. completely screwing over his party. The gentleman will state the form of his resolution. Declaring the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives to be vacant. Resolved that the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives is hereby declared to be vacant. So what happens next, Buzz Burbank? What do you think? Well, I, I, I'll tell you what uh, I know anyway about yeah. what's going to happen next. When this happens, what he just did was legal under House rules. And when that happens, when a single member puts that forth, then the office is considered vacant. Yeah. Uh, that, that's all it takes. And uh, so there has to be a vote now to, to say, okay, well, is that the case or not? Uh, and uh, McCarthy, uh, who has uh, said he'll take this on, uh, says he will uh, conduct a vote this afternoon. People have made sport, Bob, and I meant to talk to you about this before the show, but we'll just uh, cover it here. Okay. People have, people have made sport uh, about what's going to happen after you and I finish recording <laughs> the Tuesday show. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> and, you know, it was fun for a while, but uh, I'm over it. Oh, uh, I'm not. It, I, I, hey, look, it, if it, anyone's it, talking about this show, that's I'm totally into it. Oh, if you're going to tweet well, about this show, please course. do. Yeah, we we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. No, we and we appreciate the buzz that surrounds that. No pun intended. But uh, there will be something that will happen this afternoon. McCarthy says he will call for that vote, that he'll he'll bring it up today. Uh, it has to be it, whenever a, a member uh, makes a motion to vacate, uh, the House has 48 hours to vote on it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so McCarthy isn't even going to wait the 48 hours. He's going to have the vote this afternoon, sometime after we finish the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to predict. Uh, I I think he will survive. Uh, I believe mm -hmm. that he will. Uh, Gates, uh, because being a chaos agent, says that he will keep doing this because yeah. he can. There's no limit on how many times you can do this. He says he'll do this 15 times if he has to. Now, 15, of course, is the number of votes it took to get McCarthy elected Speaker of the House. It took 15 attempts by the House just to get him barely elected in the first place. Yep. Uh, now, uh, you know, the question is, will he be voted out? I think uh, <laughs> Gates has three other lawmakers. He needs five. Yeah. Uh, whether or not he can have five by this afternoon or by any of these 15 votes coming up, uh, I don't know. But I do know this, that by Matt Gates bringing this up, uh, motion to vacate uh, and and doing it uh, up to 15 times. Remember where we left off at the end of last week. The government was about to shut down. Yeah. Uh, agencies were preparing to shut down uh, until uh, at the last minute, McCarthy sided with the Democrats just 
just for the sake of keeping government open. Mm -hmm. he, he McCarthy miraculously did the right thing and ignored his conservative caucus and joined with the Democrats and voted to keep government open. That's what Gates is punishing him for, is siding for the Democrats. Never <laughs> mind that never mind that AOC may be now helping, even though she probably shouldn't, and maybe helping uh, Gates in this effort. I, I don't think they're going to succeed. But what it will do, Bob, and everybody listening, is it will burn up the 45 days the House has to come up with a new uh, budget package. Yeah. Uh, so... A time that should be spent on uh, preventing another go-to-the-edge government shutdown is being wasted instead on do we have a speaker, don't we have a speaker. Mm -hmm. And here's the proof. Here's the proof that Gates is nothing but a chaos agent. When asked who he'd like to see in that job instead, he has no answer. No, he, he doesn't. He, he doesn't just, care. He it's just, just all about he, chaos. It's all about the chaos, and it's all about... I have to wonder if he isn't intentionally forcing a government shutdown by burning up that 45 days with his efforts against McCarthy. Well, I think they'll be able to do more things than just one. I, I think they'll be able to preoccupy themselves with other duties at the same time. But that being said, when I started doing the show on a daily basis, when it became something that we went from uh, doing one show a week to doing two shows a week, right. then we added the Wednesday interview show, three shows a week, plus the after party makes four. Then you add the two shadow docket shows, that's six. Anyway, because of that, we cover a very finite period of time, uh, a very finite uh, look at the news. Rather than a whole okay. week's worth of news, we're talking about about 24 hours worth of news. And sometimes, right. because we record the show during the day and things happen during the day, it's bound to happen after we're done recording of the show. Of course it is. Shit's yes. bound to go down. I just think it's funny that there's this coincidence and there's this ongoing meme. It gets people talking about the show. <laughs> and I'm more than happy to... <laughs> to play along with that. That's fun. Well, I, I didn't mean to be Mr. Grumpy Pants, but I don't <laughs> want people to think... I, I don't want people to think that we're missing the big story. Well, no, I, it, of course not. Over the course of the week, we get it all covered. Yeah, right, know, right. So, uh, from that standpoint, I would, you know... Well, there, I'm, there, I'm, I'll be over here chilling. Yeah, there are some people who listen to the show, like they'll pick up the Tuesday show, this show that we're recording, right. and they'll listen to it like a week later, or even in some cases two weeks later. Right. And so in that case, they're not really getting whatever that breaking news item was after the show, but they right. are getting it on the subsequent shows. So right. it, there is a delay in listening uh, with some people, but that's okay because if they listen to subsequent shows, they'll get all that information. It's not like people are going, hey, you know what? I'm not going to listen to that show because they didn't cover that thing that happened after right. they were done recording the show. I just don't want people to think that we've made a career out of doing expired shows. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, I don't think so. But anyway, okay. uh, so there's that. But you know what? It was funny because after Matt Gates called for vacating the speakership, the Democratic mm -hmm. side of the House erupted in laughter as Gates yes. left the floor. It was almost like he said his thing. Well, let's, let's just actually do it. We'll recreate what it was like on the floor of the House. The gentleman will state the form of his resolution. Declaring the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives to be vacant. Resolved that the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives is hereby declared to be vacant. See, there you go. It was almost as though there was a rim shot there and then children <laughs> laughing for some reason. Um, now, it, it, the Democrats are in an interesting position here mm. because if, if Gates does, in fact, need their help to maintain his job, uh, what do we get in return? 
What yeah. we, what's, yeah. he, what's he willing to give us? So this is an interesting political moment in the House. And uh, so this is one occasion I'm glad to be focused on even just one day of it. But I'm yeah. making a prediction for the next 15, or the next 45 days that uh, uh, various monkey shines will prevent them from dealing with the budget matters that need to be dealt with. Kimberly Johnson from the Start Me Up podcast is concerned that they're going to nominate Donald Trump to be speaker. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. uh, Constitutionally, they could. I mean, uh, the Constitution does not prohibit it. It does not require that the Speaker of the House be a member of the House. This has been discussed before. I don't think they'll do it, um, especially since he's uh, become increasingly poisonous. Yeah, they do not have the votes. There are just not the votes right, for that. Right. Um, one other thing, Gavin Newsom has announced that Dianne Feinstein's replacement will be, oh, shoot, where is it? It's coming up here. LaFonza Butler. Mm-hmm. That is her name. She is the replacement for Dianne Feinstein, and she's right. apparently a very, very well-qualified one. She has she has worked hard as a Democratic activist, uh, getting women on the ballot yes. through Emma, Emily's list. Uh, very uh, active in campaigning for women's health choice rights, uh, and uh, this was an excellent choice for Newsom to make. Uh, a lot had been made in the week leading up to this, uh, uh, the time between Feinstein's death and and uh, the appointment of, of Lafonza. Uh, there was a lot of uh, speculation about the pressures that uh, Gavin Newsom was under. Uh, some people wanted him to appoint Barbara Boxer, uh, who's been a long time. Uh, but but Barbara Boxer is a candidate, was already a candidate to replace Feinstein in the uh, 24 election, as are Adam Schiff and Katie Porter. So, uh, you know, Newsom didn't want to be in a position to be giving someone the job who was running for the job. Uh, And so he uh, was determined from the outset to uh, choose someone temporary. And I think as temporaries go, he couldn't have done better. Yeah, you know what? I don't envy you voters in California having to choose between Adam Schiff and Katie Porter in the primary that's going to occur there. They they do their homework. They'll know what to do. Also, there's uh, something here that popped up uh, while we've been doing the show out of Arizona. This is according to Rolling Stone. Prosecutors probe Trump's effort to steal Arizona's election years after he lost. So these are prosecutors in Arizona. They're looking into the extent to which Donald Trump and his allies were still working behind the scenes to reverse the results of the 2020 presidential election years into Joe Biden's presidency. So this is not the investigation taking place years into into Biden's presidency, which is actually happening. But they're talking about possible criminal actions that have occurred years into Biden's presidency. According to two people with knowledge of the situation, investigators with the Arizona Attorney General's office are inquiring about efforts to overturn the election that continued well into 2021 and 2022. The sources say that the investigators have asked about a 2022 pressure campaign from Trump allies aimed at decertifying the state's electors and inquired about how deeply the former president and his senior advisors were involved in supporting Arizona Republicans private run 2021 election audit. Yeah, this may be spurred on by uh, Fulton County, of course. This may be spurred on by the uh, Jack Smith case in Washington, D.C. regarding January 6th, etc., and or simply the passage of time for an investigation. Yes, exactly. Uh, starting a possible avalanche. 
right? I mean, that's what these, yeah. I think these cases may have triggered more state we, attorney general to look at uh, these particular charges. We can certainly hope for that, but this is another example of what I was saying earlier, and that is there are basically two kinds of Republicans. Those who say they believe these crazy theories, yeah, like the stolen election, and those who really, really believe it. Yeah. The people who are going down here again, in this case in Arizona, are the people who really, really believed it. Okay, so in May, Attorney General, Arizona Attorney General Chris Mays, Chris Mays's office opened an investigation to a Trump-backed effort by Arizona Republicans to put forth a bogus slate of electors sworn to support the former president when it came time to cast Arizona's electoral college votes. But investigators have recently been asking questions that indicate an interest in efforts to overturn the 2020 election that took place well after Biden's inauguration. Fascinating and really encouraging. I'm telling you, every time I see a story like this, I feel like the system is showing that it's robust. Yeah. It, we, we may not be victorious every every single time out. The system may not win every single time, but I think the system is and institutions are showing uh, their strength and fortitude right now in the face of one of the most serious threats to American democracy, at least since 1860. There are, there are two doors in front of us now. One has us on the doorstep of autocracy. The other has us on the doorstep of justice. Yeah. And we're seeing more and more justice. Exactly right. Okay. Well, we've got more justice in the shadow docket coming up. How about that for a segue? Yeah. That's all happening on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. That's the address. Go there. You'll find a box that says the shadow docket shows. It's $5 a month. You click that box and then you put in your information. And then you go back to patreon.com slash Bob Seska show and bingo, you can start uh, listening to the Shatter Docket show. Yeah. So that's what you do. Uh, Let's see. We've got uh, Tiny Trump and his ongoing issue with water. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Including the best thing that Donald Trump has ever said in public. Talk about that in a second. Plus, no labels. Joe Lieberman lies Uh, again. We'll talk about that too. RFK Jr. in the news. And uh, lots more fun, plus some good news about the economy. Okay, see you over there, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.